Welcome to another edition of Orlando Magic Pod Squad. This Magic Pod Squad is brought to you by the Florida Department of Transportation. Remind you that fans don't let fans drive drunk. If you've been drinking, don't get behind the wheel. Instead, find a sober driver or catch a ride service. Remember, drive sober or get pulled over. Have a great night and drive safe. Oh, this podcast is a special one for me. We're going to catch up with Jake Chapman, the new radio play-by-play voice of the Orlando Magic and former intern of mine many years ago here in Central Florida. What an unbelievable success story. And we're so happy for Jake to have this opportunity. But an amazing story of how he was able to grind through his NBA journey and ultimately get the play-by-play seat. One of 30 in the NBA, and he's got one. So a very special story and a great colleague, great friend. This edition of Magic Pod Squad with Jake Chapman comes your way right now. This is Fonz Wagner of the Orlando Magic. This is Cole Anthony. This is Jalen Suggs. This is Paolo Bancaro of the Orlando Magic. And you're listening to the Pod Squad. And welcome, everyone, to another episode of Magic Pod Squad. Dante Marcatelli, Jeff Turner, George Galante, and the new radio play-by-play voice of the Orlando Magic, Jake Chapman. There's no David Steele, Jake. He was not interested in this one. We give him a couple of <laughs> we give him a couple of passes every year. Hard to so blame him. <laughs> I'm actually I'm actually surprised JT wanted to be on here today. I know, actually, too. I, he just, I did not expect to see him. <laughs> what? You're my broadcast. That. You're my preseason broadcast partner, man. <laughs> I gotta support you. What are you I know that's what about? I'm saying. You put your dues in already. You're good for another year. <laughs> <laughs> Jake, Jake is his warm-up for the season. <laughs> like, ah, oh, let me just go hang out with Jake for a couple games and then not see him again until until Try next some material over. that I can that yeah. I can use on David. Uh, but guys, but guys, the time in my career has come where I am now interviewing a former intern whose career trajectory has blown right by mine. <laughs> this is fun for me. This is fun for me. Congratulations, Jake. And how does that feel like right, right, like being the new play-by-play voice of the Orlando Matt? Has it sunk in yet? I, I want to know how it feels to be interviewing me because that that this has to be a new low for all, for all three of you. Oh no no this is this is great. Oh man, it feels great. Uh, thanks guys for having me. Obviously, this works out really well because I didn't have a guest for the pod for my podcast this week. So can is this going to also be the match? Yeah yeah, uh, a crossover. Yeah, I love it. See, it's it's fun. Fun. We're all it's always about page. being efficient. That's right. Exactly. Uh, smarter, not harder. Um, no, it's, it's, it's been really, really, it's been like everything that I imagine it could be and more so far. Um, I, I don't know. It's still early though. Like it's, there's no time to stop and think about it. Like, it's just, Oh, Hey, who are we playing tomorrow? Okay. Let's get ready for that. <laughs> um, but it's, but you know, obviously the, the three of you guys are three huge reasons, um, that I've had any modicum of success in my career. So thank you. Thank you for having me on and thank you for all the opportunities and for everything you guys have taught me. Um, and it's been fun. It's a lot more fun when they win I'm finding. And so that, <laughs> so, so that, Funny how that works. Yeah, that helps. That helps certainly. So George, you may not, George, you may not know this, but you know, I got to, ex, you know, experience Jake's first games and everything yeah. like that. You know what I find what's really interesting, and Dante, you probably saw this, is like Jake doesn't sit down yeah. when he broadcasts. Right. Like, I did not like know I, really you're a standard. He's, he's a stander. I am and, now. and like and it's just amazing. Like I I, I was kind of feeling kind of nervous while I was there. He's got so much <laughs> energy and he's moving around and 
I'm just a, a lug just sitting in my chair, you know, just trying to think through this thing. Are you still standing, Jake? Jeff, it's funny. Um, for the away for the away broadcast, because that was what you and I did together um, in a studio at Amway Center. I am sitting now, and in, in that's partly by necessity, just because we have a, a, a low table that I, that I need to be in front of. <laughs> but for the home games, we have what we call the Beast, and it's basically a studio cart that's that that has all the equipment you need and you can roll it anywhere at Amway Center and it's taller and so I I do have a stool that I can sit in front of that and watch the game but I don't for the home broadcast I you guys should have seen me last night like I was I was right out there with Jalen I mean I was, <laughs> I was I was locked in I've got my shot sheets completely crumpled up in my hands I felt like I don't know I felt like one of those old I, I feel like I've got pictures in my head of old coaches, maybe like Hubie when he was back in the day with a rolled up, you know, box score in his hand, yelling, yeah, uh, yelling yeah. at, the, at the troops. And that's what I feel like. I ended up with a crumpled paper all over the place last night, sweating by the time I was done with the broadcast. And part of it is because I'm, I'm part control freak. I'm part um, uh, producer host. Like I've, I've done every job. And so I have it all in front of me and I, I want to feel like I'm I'm on top of everything and that I, you know, am able to access everything when, you know, if, it, if it's a quick timeout, then I need to grab a piece of paper and get the read for, you know, the uh, the challenge or the replay or whatever, you know, brought to you by Glip by Ring Central. But part of it is I just, I, I don't know, I just feel more in control, I guess, when I'm standing. I don't, um, I'm not sure that I will be able to do that for my, for my whole play-by-play career, but it's working for me so far. But Jake, tell people about that though, because as far as you being the control freak, but you are the producer. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you, right. you are producing the game. You yeah. are you know, Brandon comes on, Brandon Kravitz comes on with you a little bit for the pregame show and, and a little bit for the put, but like you are the, the producer of the broadcast. You are the pregame host. You are the play-by-play announcer now. now and you're the, like, when do you, st- and then you have your podcast, Mostly Magic, and then you're on with 96.9 uh, with Dante for Magic Drive Time. Right. Are you, are you going to get a chance here to just to breathe or if I, like I've interrupted breakfast already. So that well, we had good for you. Today. I, this was his morning off uh, after, the oh, good. Golden, oh, good. after the big golden state warriors win, he went yeah. out last night and celebrated. And now we're chewing up his available time right now for this. I good. don't need breakfast. Good. So that's, so this, <laughs> this is my breakfast right here, which is terrible. I wish I didn't do that. Um, no, I don't know. It's, it's, I learned a long time ago that especially with kind of where radio was that we, we better learn to wear a whole bunch of different hats. And Dante actually like forced me onto the air a, a decade ago. Like I wanted to be behind the scenes guy. And Dante was like, no, I'm going I'm to need you to talk. <laughs> and, and, most, and nobody's ever told me that, especially any, any, any woman I've ever dated has said, no, why don't you just shut up a little bit? Smart. So I have a passion for the production side of it. I love producing the stuff that actually goes within the broadcast. I like sitting in front of Adobe Audition for an hour and and make it a commercial or a billboard or something like that. Um, but, you know, obviously out of necessity, I've we just sort of added and added. And no, I'll stop in May. Like, that's kind of the way that this whole thing works is we go super hard and then we get it's broadcasters. And George, you can speak to this. Um, and then we take our time in the summertime. And so, you know, to be, to be locked in and to be doing more each year, like I've just treated it as a challenge and 
I don't know. As far as I was concerned, if, if you're not challenging yourself and you start to get complacent and you start to get unhappy. And so this has been great. It's been hard. And that's and that's kind of it's the hard that makes it good. I think Jimmy Jimmy Dugan once said that. Well, <laughs> But speaking of hard now, what what people <laughs> you slide to me, do right? Way their own. me? I love it. It's great. It, what people may not may or may not know is that you know, speaking of hard, you were doing games on the road like these guys were during the bubble. That you're doing it right. from a monitor because you're not on site. How difficult has yep. that been for you to do the games when you're not in the in the arena on the road? Yeah. That part's that part's tricky. Um, Jeff can speak to that. It, and the, the really tricky part was that the first couple of games we did were like that. And it was also in a studio that we had just sort of put together and um and, and shouts out to our BTS team who've helped us a lot with that, the broadcast tech services guys. We kind of we couldn't get into that room because the training facility was opening until late. And so it was and it always is at the beginning of the season. It was a squeeze. It was a time crunch to get in there and get set up. So at that point in the preseason, and it's like this almost every year, just getting on the air is kind of the objective. Well, um, and then this year, right before we get on, we're all set. We're going to get in there and work on all the kinks. Hurricane yeah. blows right on through here. Oh, Correct. I forgot about Yeah, I forgot yeah. about Yeah, so you had nice a nice perfect wrinkle. storm there, Jake. Yeah. That was, uh, and and literally, um, no, that was, and so there were, yeah, there's been like a handful of challenges and there always seems to be, um but I think, I don't know, it's it's never going to be the same as calling it in the arena. Like win, lose or draw, yeah. you just gain so much more feeling for the atmosphere. And then also there's all these different context clues that thank God I had Jeff because he helped me out in every break. He was giving me little pointers about, you know foul calls and 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 where the whistle came from at what time and 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 sort of anticipating who it might be on. Um, that's the hardest part I've found is just staying up with the action off monitors. Um, you just don't have, you just don't see everything. You don't have 360 degrees of view. And so you don't know if who's checking in, uh, who's at the scorer's table, X, Y, and Z. There's just a whole lot that you miss not being there in the arena. But with that said, I think the broadcasts have sounded pretty good based on what I've heard, which is half the battle, like making it like, we're not trying to fool the listener and pretend like we're, you know, I'm there. Like, I'm not going to lie and say that I'm, right, you know, right. well, you say oh. that you say that I was in the car with my son. Uh, right. I don't remember what game it was. We were on the road. It wasn't my trip. It must've been one of these last Cleveland or New York games. And we were in the car and I had, I had the game on and I was listening and my son had no idea that you were in the studio. He didn't, he didn't understand that. And he goes, and I was explaining to him what you were doing. And, and he said to me, he goes, Oh, you mean he's not there? He goes, but I hear the, I hear the crowd. I hear the sneakers. I hear I hear everything else. And I was explaining to him, well, there are microphones set up. And so the broadcast sounds great, you know, for, for somebody that doesn't know, they it sounds fantastic. Yeah. And that is that's a credit to our tech team and and to I guess just the tech in general. It's not the hardest thing in the world. You like it said, George, there's mics at the arena, and then we and then we and then we put the volume up on those mics, and then it sounds like <laughs> that I'm at the arena. Um, but it is, it, it, it's a little tricky, but, um, you know, it is what it is. There have been a whole lot of, I mean, it's kind of the wave of the future, I think. Um, especially when you talk about things like world cup and or maybe not world cup, but, um, so, you know, some of these really, really remote broadcasts and oh, yeah, the Olympics know, broadcast, broadcast remotely. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Like how easy is it for a mid-level soccer dude to get over to Qatar in, in the next couple of weeks. Like I'm sure there's going to be a couple of countries across the world calling games off monitors. So 
But Jay, you you mentioned the you know the the hard part is not you know for those that are you know thinking about well you're calling a game off the monitor all you see and Jake pointed this you don't have 360 degree vision all you see is what the camera shows you so you you lose a little bit there but Jake to me the hardest part and I think it's really big for radio is like last night the the energy you felt being in the building for the Golden State game you know, really kind of puts you, your energy comes out on the air when you're in a studio by yourself, you know, off the monitor. That's the hard part, isn't it? Bringing the energy, making sure your level um, kind of matches what's happening on the court. A hundred percent. And I mean, it's like, it's literally a glass case of emotion. You know, it, it just feels like you're bottled up. Thank God I have Tyler Karen with me, our graduate associate, because at the very least, I don't feel insane. Like, when I'm, <laughs> <laughs> when I'm yelling in an empty Amway center. At 9 and the funny yeah. part is when there's like a concert or something going on, because like I'm in magic mode, you know, and we'll get done with the broadcast and we'll go out and then like, the gorillas crowd is emptying out of that way center or something like that. And You're just so, walking out. Right. Walking and out and, and like I'm them. mad because we just lost to Oklahoma City and then everybody else. <laughs> um, no, it is. It's it, it's kind of strange, but you're right. Like there's, I don't know, there's, um, but Jeff, like you, you, that's my job. I have to bring that no, emotion to the broadcast, yeah. you know? So yeah. it's tricky, but um, I don't know. I think if you're engaged, no matter what, it's going to come through. Do you get tired of training people, JT? Yeah, train Dennis Newman, train me when I did TV for David, Rich Hollenberg, Jake Chapman, right? You know, you're always there to step up and, and have our back. I don't think I've trained anybody. You know what's great is like, and I've told David this, you know, that the, the opportunity to work with different people, I think, um, I think it helps me um, as a broadcaster. Too. I don't have any formal training, right? I just... Uh, I'm just a basketball guy that, you know, my job is to just kind of tell the why something's happened. And so, um, you know, I think it helps keep you, me sharp. I, you know, I always joke with, you know, people that David and I on the air are like, you know, a couple of brothers, you know, just yeah. sitting on a couch watching a game, you know, and just talking about it. Um, you know, we've just known each other so long. So I think, you know, I like working you know, with you, Dante, I, I really enjoyed working with Jake and seeing his progression and everything. I think it's fun to do radio every now and then yeah. because it's just a different, from my position, it's a different animal, right? It's, uh, you know, it's 95% is Jake telling what's, you know, so the audience knows what's going on and a little less of, of, uh, of me. Um, it forces me to be more concise with my um, my analysis and everything. I I think it's good. You know, I you know I hope I'll get to continue to do uh, you know games with uh, Jake in the future because I you know I enjoy it. I, I love the game and um, it's good. Who knows? Maybe you know like uh, and on the television side, you know, once we get to the second round of the playoffs, when that happens, I that's don't, right. We have no that's more right. TV. Maybe I get to slide next to Jake when yeah, that happens again. Yeah, so, that's right. Um, Look at JT making his, making his play right I here. Like I like it. A little extra work. Like it. <laughs> it's all about JT, Jordan. In the end, everything is about I know. Me. I know. That's very true. <laughs> that's that's smart right. this that... a, you thought this was a podcast for Jake. It's really – it's all about <laughs> That's it. <laughs> it's all about Well, and he'll take it anytime because that's the other part of this wrinkle is he doesn't have an analyst ever. So yeah. he's doing all these games by himself, off of, sometimes off a monitor – on the road, but we're going to work on that. We're going to get them some help. It's you mentioned radio, Jake, the evolution 
of radio. I know for me growing up in the Northeast, for you growing up in the Midwest, for me, like, like talk radio, sports talk radio reigns supreme. Like these people, I, I could not wait to turn on the radio in the morning and hear what everybody in, in my region was saying about the previous Red Sox game, previous Celtics, game, whatever it was, right? And it, and it shifted. And then you come here and now, you know, your goals shift along the way. Radio is now audio. It's all encompassing. You're, you're now in charge of podcasts, a daily radio show, doing play-by-play. What was your vision? What did you originally want to do when you were growing up in Ohio? And, and can you believe all the things that, that are now under your umbrella? Firefighter. Uh, he wanted to be a firefighter. He wanted to be a firefighter. This astronaut. He wanted to be an did astronaut. You, did you just want to dance? Like just be somewhere where you could dance? <laughs> I wanted to be a garbage man. And that is not a lie at all. I was obsessed right? with sanitation workers. <laughs> um, no, I remember because I used to I used to sit there and wait for the guy to come. And then one listen, day yeah. My kids yeah. were the same, Go ahead. right? He let yes. me, but he let me push the the compactor button, and it made my life. Um, That's amazing. Isn't that, isn't that crazy? No, that was. I don't know why I remember that. Uh, no, D. I don't know. Like I, but I remember you saying you wanted to be a production guy. You, your original goal was never to be on air. Correct. My original goal when I graduated from Ohio State with a degree in journalism in 2006 was to be creative and get paid for it somehow. Like I, 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 I knew that I wanted to to either write or broadcast or, and I knew that it would be great if I could be near sports. But I didn't. I just wanted something where I didn't feel like I was like just punching a clock every day, and that was essentially it. Um, and then you know, obviously the internship sort of changed everything for me. But going back even before that, like. Yeah, I was. I, I would sit there and 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 do play by play, you know, through the window from the porch or whatever, watching the Indians game. Um, I grew up listening to Joe Tate and Herb Score and Tom Hamilton and Jim Donovan and Casey Coleman and just all these like luminaries in Cleveland. And those are the local play by play guys. And then there was the sports talk. There was uh, you know, Jeff Sindelar and Trevisano and all these guys who who yeah for three hours a day. And so it was. It's you know, when you're from Cleveland or Boston or New York, like you, that's, it's just a way of life there. And it, it's changed, but it's still very similar. I mean, just because it's not a radio show that people are dialing up in their car, doesn't mean that there's not personalities exactly. that mean that much to these regions or, um, or to these, to these games and sports. Now it's more team and, and player oriented. And so you've got, you know, the six man podcast or whatever, you know, it, it's similar. It's, it's based in uh fanhood. And so, you know, I I had a really good experience when I left. It wasn't good enough, obviously, because I came back. But when I ended up <laughs> when I ended up in Cleveland, um, I don't know. It, it sort of recalibrated how much I love all of this because I I was I was working for the love of the gig. That's for sure. But I was doing Browns broadcast. I had my own show on Sundays. I was in my own uh, in my hometown. And it was, it was like pure sports talk radio. It was just talking about Cleveland sports, which has been one of the most important things in my life, um, nonstop. And so it is, you know, I don't know, sports talk radio, it can be, it can be terrible at times, but it can be really special. And I think it's the reason that you and I got into this is because of that sort of connection that we had. And then when you end up leaving your hometown, it can be a connection back that you don't have, right? Like I still pull up 92.3 The Fan and listen yeah. to the guys that I used to work with after a Browns win, you know, because I want to listen to right. the Victory Monday shows. So um, I do think it's I, I think it's kind of a unique uh, aspect of, of this whole thing. And it, and it is 
it's a little bit more intimate uh, with radio just because it's not, you don't turn on the TV and say Browns won yesterday. What does Ken Carmen have to say on television? You turn on the radio and I, I, yeah. I don't know why. I think it's just kind of a classical thing. Jake. So how hard was it for you to leave you know, you had come here for the internship and then you had, you know, Detroit and, and back to Cleveland again. Selfishly, when when I, I knew our producer spot was opening up and Dante had said, hey, we're going to try to get Jake back to, to be the producer. I, I immediately was and everybody around here was like, that would be amazing. Right. But I don't see him. You know, could you get him to leave? Because I know how much right. Cleveland and Ohio means to you. So how hard was that for you to cut for you to come back? Ask Dante. It's like a phone call. No, that, that's all. <laughs> no, but he, he promised you like a beer, like one beer. It was, it was a five hundred. <laughs> it was a five hundred thousand dollar signing bonus. Oh, yeah. that too. <clears throat> that was it. I'm still waiting on that. No. <laughs> <laughs> It'll come in eventually. It was. I don't know, George. It was. Um... I thought the same thing too. By the way, George, I did not think that would be a possibility. But we had stayed in touch, right, Jake, over over five years, and and every year I would call him and say. Is now a good time? It's now a, a good time. Now a good time. We, we and and that was the thing is like you know everything changes. Like at some point, I became more qualified and then almost overqualified and so then it became Dante was like okay well you're gonna be on air and and this is what we're thinking about in the future and and we started to to map out what the ladder might look like and I that was that's all you ever need right like coming back to work with you guys to work for Dante. Um, at that point to work with Dennis and Richie again was that was the easy part. Like for me, it was just, okay, like, is it going to be five years from now again? And I'm going to be looking again to leave. What, where am I, where am I headed? Where are we headed yeah. with all of this? And, but somebody like Dante, who I've known since I'm 22 and trust implicitly, like, you know, once we had that conversation, Dante, what, it took us five minutes. I swear. Right. Yeah. Like I remember yeah. where I was sitting in my front yard in Cleveland and it was just like, okay, like, I think this is, I think we're going to do this again. Um, I missed the NBA quite a bit when I was, when I was gone, like the day, like the game to game, the day to day, you know, I was he was on air. Home. I mean, he was doing great things and right. right back right. home. Right. And I the mean, other part fun. is, and, and look, this is, um, this is not easy to talk about. I wasn't making any money. <laughs> that, that was part of it too. Oh, that oh, you part. need money. That like, changes right? the decision. Oh, that, was, that, that, stuff. that was part that of it. Be an incentive. That could be. Should have mentioned that first. Yeah, that was part of it. Too. <laughs> but but doing but you talk about the five year plan. This was not part of that. Like no, like you know, Dennis. This was Richie the ten year, fifteen year plan. Yeah, right? this was like, this was here. Like this was you know maybe one day it's an option and. You know, and and, uh, and and things change. You know, the life comes at you fast, and and some changes were made, and and you were in position to to capitalize on it. But, um, you know, how what did you learn from your stops in Detroit and Cleveland? I, you know, I, I think George, it's a good question because, you know, we you've been here. Me and you were lifers, right? We've been here forever. One day they're going to say, okay, that's enough, and get on yeah, out the yeah. door. Yeah, sure, sure, shame, hey, <laughs> and it could happen. Down and it, over there, and it could happen. It could happen soon, but. Uh, if you, if you got... keep on having people like me on the podcast, it will happen. <laughs> well, we won't get fired. It'll be the end of the podcast. That's all. <laughs> but, I, but I, right at some point, but I, I, it is interesting. And I don't, we've not been intrigued enough to find out, but how do other teams do it? How do other cities do it? How do other organizations do it? And you got to see a little bit of that, Jake. Yeah. You're probably better off for it, having, having really kind of understood how, how special it is here. 
A hundred percent. And and I'll also say this goes back to what Jeff was saying. I became such a better broadcaster from just from working with different people, just from just from breaking out of my comfort zone. And, you know, there, there's a much different rhythm between, you know, Rick Mahorn and Jeff Turner or Rick Mahorn and yeah. anybody on planet Earth. And so there is an element of, and, and Detroit was awesome. Like it was such a good experience for me. It was, it was difficult. Once again, it was a challenge. There was a lot of stuff that I was doing because I was working for a, 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 a cluster of stations there, a company called Greater Media when I went to work there. So I was actually working for the, the station itself and a group. So they had me doing tigers and red wings and lions. And I was just, you know, um, I was getting a lot of really, really valuable experience. Um, with that said, then it was, uh, you know, I, I sort of put myself up to the to the mercy of the radio industry. And so one merger and acquisition, and all of a sudden I was working for a hip hop station and they weren't very interested yep. in my Pistons coverage anymore. So, <laughs> no? so, so then the Pistons no, were great and they brought me in and they, they let me work freelance and do my, do my podcast. But that was sort of my first kind of like, Oh yeah, this is, this is how the business works when you don't have the insulation of an organization like the magic and of people that you trust like you guys. Um, and so that was part of it. And then the other part is I really did. When I got back here, I was like, I looked around at the first, you know, uh, Magic U or whatever when I when they were reintroducing me. And I was like, I see a lot of the same faces. Yeah. Like, I think I that's think a pretty interesting. good indication that <laughs> that the grass ain't always greener and that it's a great organization to work for. There's just a lot of people who spend who I trust and know very well who have spent the lion's share of their career working for the Magic. And, and there's a reason for that. Jake, what you guys, I know Dante and George get this all the time. I'm, I'm guessing you do too, but you know, like people always want to, everybody wants to work in sports, right? And you know, you get asked the question, how do I get it? I want to work uh, in broadcasting. Yeah. I mean, you've got an, uh, an intern now who's got an interest in broadcasting and everything. Your story is like a lot, you know, it's do when P, you tell people what you've done, you know, like, the dues you have to pay to get to the point where you are now, do they believe you or what, what's your advice to young people who want to get into the industry? It's funny that you ask that Jeff, because people always ask me like, Oh, how'd you get into that? Like, <laughs> like somebody just gave it to me and I'm like, well, you know, yeah. I, I made very yeah. little money for my twenties. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Not everybody's willing to sign on for JT's nodding. Yeah, yeah. Come on, JT. (laughs) No, no, I've heard the stories, George. I don't, you know, again, like that. I always tell people, don't ask me, you know. He was in Italy for crying out loud. That's right. (laughs) Just like that's true. Um, That's true. It's um, I don't know. I I do think that there's I've been thinking of a lot. Lately, over the last few years, I guess, about about where I am and if if somebody and my parents are teachers, I didn't grow up with a silver spoon, but I had safety nets in place. I was always going to go to college. Um, And there and so I've been thinking a lot about if I wasn't given the opportunities that I was given or or had this there's sort of safety net nets in place if I would be able to be as, as where I am and as successful as I am and how many people are out there who would do an even better job than I would who won't ever, who aren't able to take an internship, but they're not pay, being paid yeah, much money. That's right. For that's instance, right. out of school. Um, and so that's, that's kind of tricky, Jeff. It does make you feel privileged, but as long as you feel like you're recognizing your privilege and, 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 and working your ass off, then you feel like you're earning whatever it is um, 
you're being given. I would just say there's where there's a will, there's a way. And, you know, there's there's going to be a lot of nights where you're like, is it worth it? And there's a lot of times where I I interviewed for jobs that you know, would have completely changed the trajectory. And thank God I didn't get those jobs. Um, but I, I think if you if you have a passion for something, then then you'll make it work. And that's I guess that's like the easiest bit of advice. And it's not I don't know if it's great advice, but you just got to keep at it. And at some point, things <laughs> things things will turn for you Um, that and read. That's my other piece of advice. Read, 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 read and write. Kids don't read. Kids don't write. And then they suck at broadcasting. You know, it's interesting when we interview the, when we when we interview these candidates, that's what he goes to is what's your journalism background? How much? If, because people don't think you have to write. We get JT. We got to I got to write my scripts yeah. before every pregame. Yeah. Right? You got to write. Yeah. There's there's writing you have to do. And Jake uses words. I think half of them are made up. He swears they're actual, <laughs> actually, actually in the dictionary, like extrapolate. I know that's, I see, know that's that. not a hard <laughs> word. That is, that is a made up word for sure. <laughs> but I, you know how I knew he'd be good. His his intern year, we drafted JJ Reddick, two thousand six. JJ Reddick didn't play. We assigned him a sponsored segment called Chronicles of Reddick. So he is now supposed to chronicle JJ Reddick's rookie year, right. with him not playing, uh, and interview him. A five-minute segment <laughs> that ran on seven forty every Friday. Every Friday, and they needed it. And it needed to have sound from JJ in it. We know JJ now and think about going, no, he's new to the whole thing. Try getting sound from anybody who's not playing, you know, trying to trying to carve out their niche. That was very difficult. I, don't, I, I still remember. don't know how you did that, but that was, that was you got to know JJ pretty well as rookie. I remember asking him what he put on his pizza. <laughs> that, just completely at, away from at us. one point in the parking lot RDV. At one point he was like, You asked me the weirdest. Shit, he said. Exactly <laughs> what he said. It. I'll bleep it out. <laughs> you don't have to bleep that out. That, I, that's good enough for South Park. It's good enough for us, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I explained to him. I said, JJ, do you understand what I'm doing? And when I did, he's like, Oh, I was like, Oh, and they fell back. <laughs> I was like, Stan, throw me a bone. Put the guy in the game for crying out loud. <laughs> JJ, you played 48 seconds tonight. How was yeah, that? Fill me in. We talked a lot about his poetry that, that year. Remember that? That was the big thing that he wrote poetry at Duke. But and like that was... with that stuff, though, Dante, right? Like when you and I, when we were doing the television show, we yeah. would always focus it as much as we could on the not basketball part of it, right? Correct. Like it's just like Correct. if anything was just ridiculous or stupid or funny that we could do that had nothing to do with basketball, that's what we wanted to do. And Jake, like that's your way to, to, to get some of that right. out of those guys that, you know, maybe you wouldn't have gotten that out of JJ if he was a guy that was playing 25, 30 minutes a night and you got to maybe peek inside the curtain of who he was as a guy. That's, That's right. a good point. And I, and I almost wish, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. if it were the Jake who came back as producer or the Jake that was working with you guys on magic overtime, um, yeah. Then, then, then I think I would have been a little bit better prepared. This was intern Jake. This was 0607 Jake. And I, I was just not behind, behind the scenes. I don't want to talk, Jake. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, exactly. I'm going to be a producer, Jake. Um, and so, I like yeah, third, I like third person, Jake. Third person, Jake is really, is, I'm starting to be a big fan of What am I on game nine? Oh, <laughs> Look at you. As successful as I've been. And Jake, yes, yes, yes. Where there's a will, there's a way, everybody. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs>
<laughs> you know, the Paul Kennedy line. Do I get paid for this? Do, I... <laughs> Do you like that the play-by-play guy, that the guy that has to be on his P's and Q's for FCC violations is the only guy that's sworn this year on our podcast? Yes. Good job, Jay. Congratulations. <laughs> awesome. I think he has it all pent up, though, Dante. Uh, yeah. he's, he's holding it all inside for hours on end. And... <sighs> Here's your I, outlet, well, Jay. You can always. I got to be here. careful too because I'll be sitting there in the away broadcast, and you know it'll be five minutes till air, and me and Tyler are ba 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 ba, and I'm like, guys, I'm not sure that this board works properly. <laughs> I'm like, there could be, be. this week could be hot to the house. Like, let's not let's uh, let's tuck it away, sailor. You know, you bet. And obviously, listen, JJ Reddick took off and had a great career. And and you've been around some good teams, some successful teams where we've had a lot of fun. You've done it here, Cleveland, Detroit, right? And then you've had teams where it's been a challenge. And I think does that. I think that can sharpen your skills, can it not? I mean, it, it's. Oh it's, yeah. I always. I don't say this job is not easy for anybody. Slightly easier, maybe, to call Warriors games. Than anybody, than anybody else. Yeah, possibly. Tim. I think you. Yeah, you possibly. can get rid of slightly there. Slightly, okay, okay. You, can re- you can remove slightly. Oh, there. Tim Roy seemed like he was doing just fine. Tim and Jim seemed like they were doing just fine. <laughs> yeah. Shocker. Tim Roy's as happy as a clam every time I see him for some reason. But there, but but right, but that can be challenging when a team is going through a rebuild or struggling to make the postseason. Totally, and that's and that's why it's part of the reason I have so much respect for all three of you guys um, is. Going back to so so Dante Angelante was like that was one of my favorite things that we ever did and like this is like a version of it but when you guys were first doing that show and we were putting a lot into the television show and it was an actual you know yeah we used to have TV shows that only aired at a specific time <laughs> yeah, um, right. Right, right we were that that was the perfect confluence because the team was good and yet we had yes. a good group of guys as well and so it was like we don't even need to focus on um you know the the eastern conference finals run we can focus on throwing a grape from the second level into ryan anderson's mouth or whatever right and and like i that's what it I was amazing like, it was amazing journalism george it really <laughs> it was fantastic that's why i went to, that's why i got a bachelor <laughs> in journalism from ohio state <laughs> to watch you idiots throw grapes at ryan anderson um <laughs> but that's my favorite part is and that's what we all do is like telling the stories right and so the basketball is really fun but like I, we're all goofballs and so we want to make yeah. it and when the and when you don't have a conference finals run to talk about you better be able to throw some grapes good point because <laughs> right? because, because you gotta make it fun because a it's we're not t- talking about you know war or anything serious it's correct, sports correct. period but it is, man. Like it, it can be a grind when you drop eight games in a row, and it's like, oh, right. and they don't want to talk to us, and we don't really want to talk to them. Um, it, it can be difficult. So I think having, you know, doing all of that stuff, that side stuff, is when they're winning, it's like a, it's a, you know, it's a force. Now all of a sudden, you're you're showing the other side of these players who are who everybody's looking up to. And when they're losing, it's like necessity. Like you better come yeah. up with something to sort of soften things because everybody's looking for um, for something positive to talk about right now. And sometimes you got to look pretty hard. And I think that's the key. I, I don't think you, you're not bending the truth. You're not lying. You're not saying something that isn't there. You're not saying so-and-so is playing awesome when clearly they're not. It's right. 
it's really digging and trying to find the positive when 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 guys are struggling. And I think that's that's the challenge, right? And I think that's For a good sure. point. And you were, real fast, you remember when I was when I was younger and idealistic. Oh my goodness. That was first go around, Jake. First, <laughs> first go around, Jake. I was I was tricky. I was like, I'm gonna ask whatever question I want. And I still can. It's not like I, you know, it's not like I'm I'm muzzled at all. But I work for the team. I don't work yeah. for the Associated Press. And so there's just Correct. different ways to, to kind of go about your business. George, can he tell the Dwight story? Can he tell the Dwight story on this podcast? Oh, yeah, I think, he, I think he can. And then depending on yeah, how I it think, goes, depending I, how it yeah, goes I, we can delete it. We can delete listen, it. I, I think he can. I, I, it's, yeah. it's the past. It's a part of the history. And Jake was, I mean, Jake was knee deep in in that day like behind yeah. nobody knows but maybe they're about to find out now jake go ahead oh my god okay he doesn't want to say no if you listen if you want to you certainly don't have oh to. no i'm just i'm just trying to okay now let's do it um all right so we're talking we're talking this is the dwight stand we're, we're going back to we're going back to 2000 what was it 12 2011 11 12 and uh and the the famous now infamous Dwight Howard media, media, media session after shoot around. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. so we, everybody had a sense that it was like bubbling, right? Like I think Stan was unhappy and I, and it, it just felt like because in ping in all the trade requests and if everybody remembers kind of the environment at the time, I was unhappy with ping too. Yes. I, I remember. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Shock, shocking. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. We saw Ping, by the way, at the league broadcasting meetings. Um, oh, yeah, in in Jersey. Um, so <laughs> random. He shows Excited. up every now and then. He just, <laughs> he just pops up. Just there. Yeah, of course. Or league meetings. And uh, yeah, and I think it was right around the time Durant asked out. Um, <laughs> it was like bubbling, and and we we were all at shooter on, and I was like standing back from the scrum because I think it was Brandon Hamilton, the guy we saw who came to town yeah. the other day. He's working in Charlotte, kicking ass right now was our intern, intern. I think. and he, so he's, you know, holding, he's in the scrum, holding up the audio. And there's, I, there's only four people probably on planet earth who can confirm that this is the way it happened. And that would be Trish. I think we should probably get Trish on uh, to corroborate Brian Schmitz, Dwight and I, so this is what happened. So, we look to the right and we see Dwight walking out the hallway and Brandon's in here, but I'm, I'm just kind of like a free agent. So I walk out in the hallway, Brian Schmitz walks out in the hallway, Trish is in the hallway talking to Dwight. Dwight, Dwight had done his media. Stan had, is about, Stan is about to do his I don't, media. I don't think Dwight had done think, any media. Oh, I, I think no Dwight media. was trying okay. to sneak out. Gotcha. Dan was in the middle of doing his media address and we all had a sense that he might say, Dwight wants me fired or I've, you know, whatever. We had a sense that he was just going to blow the thing up. But at that point, when I looked and saw Dwight, he hadn't said anything. He's just talking about the Knicks and, and it's a normal shoot around. So I go out into the hallway because Schmitz, Schmitz ran after him. And, and I'm just kind of standing there and he's talking to Trish. And then he turns to me and he says, are they talking about me in there? And I said, and he was referring to Stan. And I said, no, it's, I said, no, he hadn't said anything. And he's like, uh, he said, I'm going to go in there. And um, what, I, I'm trying to think of exactly how I've heard it. He said, I'm going to go in. Should I go in there and, and talk to him? And I was like, yeah, that'd be kind of cool. 
Because in my head, I was thinking that he was going to go in and set the record straight. And thanks, thanks, Jake. Thanks. <laughs> thanks a lot. Thanks. The most viral video in magic history. Thank you. Thanks, Thank thanks you. buddy. It still, it still would not have been that bad had, I mean, had Stan not. Because what happened was during that time period, yes, that's Stan, blew, Stan lit the world on fire. So in like the two <laughs> minutes that me, Dwight, Trish, and uh, – Schmitz are in the hallway somehow in that little time span was when Stan said, Oh, I know he wants me fired. I, I, I forget exactly how Stan said it. Yes. Yes. They want me fired. I've been told that he wants me fired, <laughs> whatever, whatever. So we come back and I'm, and Dwight does his, and me and I'm like thinking that I just saved the day because <laughs> I was like, no, it's send him in there to make good, to make good. Right? It's totally fine. Stan hadn't said anything. You're good, buddy. Like go in there. This won't be awkward at all. And so, so we go in there and I stand there and I realized so, the, with the way that people re, were reacting, as soon as Dwight put his arms around him, that like Stan had said something and that this was about to be so awkward and sure enough like in that little time period and then stan said yes he wants to be fired and then dwight came out and said yeah what are we talking about (laughs) and i turned like beat red and so yeah like i think i i think i was sort of uh instrumental in that whole thing timing is everything george had he been three minutes earlier right three minutes earlier maybe crisis averted or he just let the guy go. Just let, just let, <laughs> let him go home. He, and see, he here's the best. Go home, let him go What's home. PR? What does PR 101? <laughs> this is what I hate. George. Dwight got traded to Los Angeles. The right made thing a, to do. A billion more dollars. Brian Schmitz wrote an ebook about the entire thing. Yes. And then what did Trish and I get out of it? Trish and I, <laughs> here we are, right? Doing a podcast. That's right. That's what you get out of it. Uh, well, good stuff, Jake. Well, listen, we wish you nothing but the best moving forward. I, I think it's it's been great for me and all of us. We've known you since you started in 2006 to see where you started from to what you've become now and all that. And we, we knew you'd be destined for doing something and have success no matter what you decided to do, but kind of fine tuning it and finding your voice, finding your path and finding your, your trajectory has been a blast to watch. And I still, I, I still marvel at how you cheer for the Browns every week. I get a kick out of that, right? And, and now being the play by, you're in good hands. It's David Steele, Dennis Newman, Jake Chapman. That's crazy. That's Come on, awesome. Jake. I right? Can't. I mean, that's awesome. I can't when you put it that way. That is, uh, that's a lot. That's a lot. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Remember what Pat Williams said about me the day he met me? He said he's a good kid, a little rougher on the edges. <laughs> I do remember that. I do remember that. And then I remember him saying after you left, people don't move to Detroit. Away from Detroit, come to Orlando. He wasn't a fan of your move there. He was not a fan of your move. Dante, you 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 realize you have a tree now, right? Like that you you have a tree that you. I mean, some people. I I have some interns that are now. Tree is very impressive. Very. My tree is good, and but now you have a you have a tree. I mean, this is amazing. We're starting a tree. I like a tree here. Yeah, but guys, just real fast, and this goes back to to the organization. My intern class. Jay Riola, right? Who's yes. going to be all of our bosses sooner than later. Correct, correct. Patrick he's kind of mine somehow. He does. I don't know how, but he's kind of mine already. <laughs> yeah, yes. He, he, he finagled the way to. <laughs> he's got guys. Guys, amazing. Uh, Patrick Reese, who's right. who's now with the Knicks, who's George's tree. Life. George's um, tree. Um, 
who else? Uh, uh, Chris Watts was was my intern. He's working with WWE. Yep. Phil, who was the BOPS intern that year, That's is right. a like high powered lawyer in Dallas. Um, I know I'm, you know, Beckmeyer's still with the organization. Like it, the intern classes, and I mean, I'm obviously partial to ours, but it's such a powerful program that we run. And I've got friends now and colleagues all over the country. And some, and this helps like it, like 15 years later or whatever, th- uh, th- uh, however many years later, um, I'm trying to do the math now. Math's not, math's not your strong suit. I get it. Yeah, that's right. right. That's He's right. more of a writer, Dante. Just make up a word. Just make up a word to throw in there. From I've got friends hey, Dante. And all over the place. And it has helped me. It's helped me get gigs. Yes. Like, I think that's, that's right. Like, that's important. That's right. Dante, before, before we let Jake go and everything, since you brought up the math, I learned something working with Jake that I did not know. I had been going to the Cleveland Arena for years, whether it was Quicken Loans or Rocket Mortgage, whatever. And I just learned about this little spot between the scores, and it's called oh, the, the diff. diff. The, the diff. diff. I, I've never noticed it before and everything. So Jake what? taught me about the diff. Now, you know, most people can look at the score and know what the difference in the score is. You know, yes, Cavs up yes. by six. But in Rocket Mortgage Arena, they tell you, you know, Cavs plus six, minus six, and everything like that. Jake, what's the deal with the diff? I'm not even a great question. Know the great question. Of the whole thing. All I know is that Joe Tate mocked it endlessly on the broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that goes back that far. The Amongst diff. other things. Yeah. Oh, the, yeah. Di- the, ever since that building, I thought that built, was new. I no, asked. Ever I since asked. That, yes. I, as far as, far as I, I remember it, when we were playing them in the conference finals in '09, wow, I right. mean that the diff has always been there. My favorite part of the diff is when the game when the game just gets started and somebody hits like a free throw and the score is one nothing and all of a sudden the diff goes plus one. one. And yeah. Like, come like, on, guys. Like, oh, really? my goodness. <laughs> is that a thing? Do fans love that? Like, what is that? No, it, it is. It's mocked. I have, I don't know. I should probably know. I, 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 can I just like Ooh. you educated me? Nice. So when we were in Cleveland, Ooh. I asked. Excellent. Oh, I asked. Dave Dombrowski, their director of broadcasting. What's the story on the dip? Apparently, Dan Gilbert wanted that on the scoreboard. He wanted to know immediately. It's, it's all him. <laughs> That's wow. what it is. He asked for that on the score. Because you don't see it anywhere right. else, do you? You don't see <laughs> uh, it anywhere else. No, nowhere ever in the country, <laughs> in any arena, gym. No, yes. the diff only exists in that in, in that one. Maybe it, maybe in Cleveland they feel if you don't have a Vanderbilt education, you need to be you able know, to have that explained to you. But you, or, you just Jake just said I'm not real good with math, so you know maybe <laughs> I you know okay, it's starting right. to make sense again. Or there's fourteen thousand people. It's there all. Are we up by thirty two or fourteen? I don't. I can't oh. tell the difference. That's uh, awesome. It's Cleveland. That's <laughs> Cleveland for you. Uh, I love it. I, well, way to make Cleveland proud, Jake. You're doing great things, and we can't wait to see. Uh, you're, we're, we're all big fans of yours and continued success. Thanks, boys. Appreciate it, man. All right. You got it. That'll do it for this edition of Magic Pod Squad.